Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Michelle Braswell, and you are listening to Let's Book Clients, the podcast. Today, we're talking about turning objections into sales. So what is a sales objection? A sales objection is a reason why your future clients can't or won't want to buy your product or service. Objections can either make you feel a little defeated, or you can see them as an opportunity to close a sale. They actually are an opening to literally making the sale. I'll give you some examples. I actually asked in our free Facebook group, first of all, what's something they want me to talk about on this podcast? And one of the answers was how to overcome objections. And second of all, I asked what some of their objections are that they hear in their business. Some answers were light and funny, and some were very obviously defeating, but one thing was for sure, they all stirred up a lot of emotion, as objections usually do. Turning those around into opportunities is not only great for our well-being and our mindset, but it's also a great way to improve our revenue or increase our revenue. It truly is one of the best ways to close a sale. I'm going to read a few of them for you here just to get an idea. So this person says one of the objections that they hear, this is a list. You charge too much. You don't offer enough incentives. Why do you charge extra for travel? What do you mean you don't give all the raw and unedited images? You won't need to do that much, you know, except for running the whole day and helping us plan. So can I get a discount? I have to pick up the license after you file it. I thought you did that. And then another person says, yes, that's one person. (laughs) Um, Another person says, well, let's see. Smoking. This is a venue owner. Smoking, self-serving of alcohol, shots, parking their Tesla two feet from our building in our new grass and blocking an exit so they can charge their car, (laughs) bugs in the woods, county roads not paved, Uh, why can't we use confetti? And I replied back to that one because I had a funny story about having a venue. wasn't really funny at the time, but I said I can really relate. One of my most upset mothers of the bride ever was livid at me because it snowed. The bride wanted snow. I knew there had to be more to it, and actually the couple split up six weeks later. So there's usually more to the story if they are upset with you about something that's not your fault. But um, he replied back and said, one time they got a bad review from a bride's aunt because bees were attracted to the bouquets outside. These poor bees have never seen flowers like that in their lives in our country, in our country woods. I thought those were funny. And then somebody said one of their objections is, it's just cake. And another objection is, my venue has a coordinator. Or, I don't want to pay a professional, I don't want to pay a professional a fee. I have an uncle that can officiate my wedding. I can book it myself online. That's a travel agent. Um, Usually, someone said, usually cost is the main objection. Cost, uh, experience, if you don't have as much experience as they want you to have. And they said their list goes on and on. Uh, This person says, my uncle plays the guitar too, or my aunt is a pianist at a church, or my cousin has a Bluetooth speaker and can DJ. Uh, This person says, I can make it myself on Canva for free. Why should I pay you to talk to my vendors? I do that for free. This one is from someone who owns a fireworks presentation company. It will cause fires. It costs too much. It will disturb the neighbors. It will cause damage. There's too much liability. And then this one says, I can have a friend play a Spotify list. Uh, I'm not a big flower person, so I just want greenery because it's cheap. I'm going to DIY my bouquets from Sam's. I watched a YouTube video. It doesn't look that hard. 
can you just do the complicated pieces? My aunt did a wedding once, so she's going to do all the centerpieces. Their list goes on and on, always DIY focused, and they put a little LOL because that must be something they can handle. Uh, this person says, we just want to dry hire your bars. It will be cheaper for us to provide all the drinks ourselves. Of course it's cheaper. You're not paying for our time. <laughs> and then they gave an example of why that is painful for them. So they are alluding to what I'm going to explain in just a minute on the podcast. And then this last one says it's just paper. So I'm assuming they are maybe an invitation designer. So I have another one that I'm saving for you till the end and, and we'll get to that one. But here's the bottom line. When we're confident in our offerings, and we are, or we wouldn't be offering it, a future client presenting an objection is just the door opening wide open for you to address it, for them to realize that you can address it, and then they book with you. It's also a great way to set you apart from your competitors because not everyone is prepared to directly address objections head on. It really is an impressive skill. I love being able to talk to you about issues and small things that make you feel better while also putting you at an unfair advantage over your competitors. The first thing you want to do is write out each objection that you might hear. Serious or funny or off the wall, it doesn't matter. Then make a frequently asked questions page on your website that includes those objections and the answers to them, obviously. If you already have an FAQ page, great, add these to it. They're also amazing for SEO. So first of all, they serve as a way to bring more future clients to you as a frequently asked page on your website. And then that list becomes the script that you memorize so that you're prepared for an answer every time an objection is presented to you. You see it as an opportunity now. The third super valuable thing it serves as is social media content. Have you thought of this? You can always use objections as a social media post anywhere that you create content, especially when you've made this list of objections and the answers to them. When you use them as a social media post, they address the objection before it's even been presented, and it position, positions you as someone who has authority, and it proves that you have other clients asking these objection questions also. So I want to close with a hot tip. You already have a little action item to do in kind of narrowing down these objections and making the answers to them and putting them on your website if you can. But your hot tip is that, as you know, we always need to know who our right, and I'm putting that in air quotes, client is, who our right client is. Sometimes an objection just shows us that someone is not our client. For example, the objection that Brandon with Look Sharp Haberdashery came up with, I didn't read to you because I wanted to save it for the end. He creates custom men's suits. Brandon does with Look Sharp Haberdashery. He creates custom men's suits and then he presented an objection as, here's what they say, men's warehouse charges blank. And then he replied back with that, my face, just like a straight face emoji. And I thought it was kind of funny, but it's also very telling as to who our ideal client really is. So now... Let's say Brandon has his scripted response to that objection, because this is what we just talked about, and he can show them why his offering might be a better fit for them than that option that they presented, and that helps them know that they do really want his suit instead. Or, if that's not the case, it helps Brandon know that they'll never be his client because of their budget constraints. Either way, he wins. 
and you do too now that you know what to do with your objections and they don't have to be so upsetting or frustrating anymore. It's really a win-win. Thank you as always for being here with me. You can hear my little tink in the background where we learn, grow, and connect together. We'll see you on the next episode.